0: sean and i think worship commission are have been talking about spiritual formation and um mike i appreciate your saying you had to google it because it's a term that not everybody's familiar with or that maybe has just started being used in the last few years and kat and ann have both had chances to study spiritual formation for a master's degree and that means that they've had time to give attention, focus, concentration to it. So just by virtue of that, they will have had some thoughts about it that, that can be helpful to us. I think I got asked into this conversation because I used to have a job where I literally worked at a place called the Spiritual Formation Office. And the truth is, even with my coaching clients right now, uh, we do a lot of spiritual formation work. I may not call it that depending on the client, but but it it is a, it is a place where I spend a lot of time Um, thinking and working. Um, Good news is spiritual formation is one of those things like communication. You can study it, but you don't have to. And in fact, you've probably been doing spiritual formation work all of your life, that this is just more of um, a new way to think about it or talk about it. And when you can think about something in a new way, then sometimes it just gives you the added step you need to start practicing it and, and bring some new life into it a little bit. So what we would like to do is to keep this in a mostly conversational space. Um, well, I'll, I'll start by asking Anne and Kat to talk a little bit about what, what actually is spiritual formation, so whether that's a definition or what it means to them. And then we will shift at different points in our conversation to what are some examples of spiritual formation practices that you've used that have been um, helpful to you? maybe ones that have really shown up during the pandemic, maybe ones you're passing on you know, there's, there's a whole, whole lot of places to take that. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna start, and we haven't talked about who's gonna answer this first. So if you'll be patient with Ann and Kat's polite <laughs> looks at each other to try to figure out who's gonna talk first. Um, just generally, what is spiritual formation? Um, how, how do you think about it?
1: And you want me to go first? Yeah. Okay. I'm fine. If you want to go first too, I can just fill in wherever you don't. Um, so I was in thinking about this question. I was brought back to the idea of why was I drawn to a master's in spiritual formation when maybe I didn't quite understand what it was either, and probably could speak to this too. But um, I I think I've shared this in church before, but there's a part of me and probably a part of us all. Um, but a part of me that Dave and I jokingly call existential cat, um, where all of a sudden we'll like dive into, I'll dive, we'll I'll dive into the meta and ask these big questions. And it's just coming, kind of coming from a angsty part in my soul. And I think I thought I was kind of, I think I started the Masters of Spiritual Formation program as in a way an answer to some of that or a explore, exploration to some of that. And what i found is that that is completely normal and completely just typical so um one of my favorite one of the favorite books and you might remember this was we read ronald rollheiser's holy longing and he taught he defined actually spirituality as this sense of holy longing as a sense of he used the word dis-ease not disease but an uncomfortable A sense of being in the world and unrest. And he described spiritual formation essentially as what do we do with that unrest in the world um, within ourselves. And so we then took a class, one of the first classes where we had to define what spiritual formation was. And it was really helpful just to kind of sit down and really marinate in that. But um, I just took a moment to really talk it through this morning. And And ironically, some of the sermon series really tie into some of the definitions of what spiritual formation has been for me. Um, So I talk about it being a learning through biblically guided principles, and also (laughs) we use the word, the community of saints. And really that's just a fancy word for our spiritual community, both now and in the past, right? So, it's, it's learning through those and specifically like three main areas, right? So the first area is God with us. So you might remember a whole sermon series about the word with, right? So it's experiencing God's presence and God's, um, just knowing God's presence, understanding the Trinity, right? So in our lives, and then another layer being about, uh, God's transformational, um, power in our life. Right. So God in us, God healing, maybe some of those wounds, um, speaking to our life, pulling us out into new ways of being right. That orientation, disorientation, reorientation, some of that is Christ in us. And then, uh, lastly was, um, Christ through us. Right. How do we love and serve God and others? And really the balance of spiritual formation is all of those tied together, right? It's not just I have this isolated transformational um, dynamic relationship with Christ in a vacuum, right? We can't have that without having knowing, loving, and serving God and also experiencing God's presence in everyday life. So it's really the combination of all of those, Christ in us. Christ with, or Christ with us, Christ in us, and Christ through us as spiritual formation. You want to speak to more of that, Anne?
2: I would give you an A on that paper. <laughs> I do not remember writing it. <laughs> great. Um, writing yeah. oh, the definition.
1: Yeah. <laughs> a long time ago.
2: Um, yeah. So that is great. Um. Uh, If I would pack more onto it and expand it, Um, I don't know. Yeah, Um, I think I wrote spiritual for me. I think a helpful thing for me is to take away um, maybe what we'll talk about later a little bit like spiritual disciplines or spiritual practices or um, things like that are different than spiritual formation. And I think sometimes I get stuck in thinking spiritual formation is about whether I'm doing breathing prayers or if I'm starting my morning with my coffee and my Bible and my Instagram, you know, like the right way, like, is that spiritual formation and how that's actually kind of different spiritual formation. What I wrote was, I think to me, it's how I orient myself to creation, to other people, and to myself, relationship with myself, because of the experiences that I've had with God and who God is. So it's just how, because of whatever those experiences may look like, for you however God has shown up and however you've shown up with God all of those experiences have shaped how you see yourself creation and other people and um, yeah that's probably how I would describe it anything more I would sometimes get confusing while or where you know even Mike saying I think I kind of call it this and and or I've heard this or in hymns it it kind of resonates in this way and I think that all makes a bunch of sense if that's how God has shown up to you otherwise if people are saying otherwise I would say that's wrong (laughs) it's however yeah the divine has shown up to you in your life. Yeah,
0: thanks, Ann, And thanks for saying the phrase spiritual disciplines, because for me, um, I grew up with that kind of terminology. And in some ways, it was really helpful. But there was a point, probably 15 years ago, where I started meeting with a spiritual director. And part of it was because I felt really guilty, because I don't like to read my Bible. I don't like to pray in the ways that I had been familiar with what prayer was. And I was then working in a professional ministry context. And um I just felt guilty. I'm like, well, I got to go fix this problem. And she started talking about spiritual formation more than disciplines, but there are still spiritual formation practices, which are, I mean, in some ways they're kind of the same thing, but for me, that was a more helpful word than the word discipline. And um, she, you know, was talking to me about things like, Oh, church is something you really like. She goes, that's a communal discipline. I said, what? (laughs) Talking to my friends that counts. And she goes, well, first of all, asking if it counts is not a helpful question. So we're not going to ask that anymore. I'm like, "Mm, what have I gotten myself into? (laughs) Um, But it was, uh, it was a chance to, to really broaden my understanding of how to put myself in situations where I could trust that, that God was forming me. Um, so yeah, that that was a yeah it was a big shift for me. Even though in some ways spiritual disciplines and spiritual formation practices can be used interchangeably, uh, but it it just helped me to shift a little bit. Yeah. Um, I wonder. I I'm I can make eye contact with you. have you got anything else you want to say generally about spiritual formation, or should we start in on some maybe examples?
1: I think we could. I, the one thing I keep coming back to is why spiritual formation versus like, you know, it's different than studying just theology or something like that. And I'm not trying to, mm. to push studying it necessarily. It's all connected, right? But um, I guess in my mind, the way I view spiritual formation as is as, if it's the lens that you're viewing what you are understanding to be true and right about who God is, what the Bible is saying. Um, and often we, we focus so much on the text, right? That we forget that we're looking at it a certain way. And so spiritual formation is taking a moment to look at the lens and, and figure out how are we looking at the world? How are we um, understanding God and God around us? So I think that's a helpful metaphor for me when I think about spiritual formation. It's the practice of how am I noticing what's going on around me?
0: Yeah, the trusting that God's at work. Um, So, yeah, practices that help with that that trust and that formation of a a lens. Would you guys be willing to talk about some of your spiritual formation practice? Yeah.
2: Can you see me? Is it helpful if I nod or we can we can see you yeah (laughs) (laughs) um i think uh spiritual practices actually the language spiritual rhythms have been more helpful so there i'm very similar to celia where i had to check in myself what was going on i'm a very like um i'm a very competitive person And I can either set a goal or if I'm not going to meet the goal, I'll just give it up and pretend it wasn't fair. So then I don't have to fail. Um, So spiritual discipline or spiritual practice was really hard for me. And I was like, Oh, no, I think I'm getting in my own way here a little bit between me and God. So rhythm was really helpful to say, I'm going to try to make this kind of a consistent dance in my life. Because I know that I like who I am a little bit better when when I practice this a little bit more or when this shows up a little bit more in my life. And um, it's changed a lot what those are. I think I started very much and even we have some handbooks because of grad school of these are the ones you should try and they're under these certain umbrellas of different things. Um, and... Um, So it went all the way from very structured types of prayers all the way to now, especially I I interact with a lot of people who are maybe in different religions um, or who have no religion out here. And I've been able to expand and give myself some creative space to try different things to say, what do I enjoy? What does my my body, my mind enjoy? Um, And then how do I ask myself, I wonder how? God thinks about this wonder what would happen if I like invited God into this space or notice that God is already here. How could I maybe like make that a practice? Um, and so that's kind of been a way that I've allowed myself some creative trying out ish stuff. Um, so that looks like um, right now I'm i um, I'm using smell. So I'm in a 600 square foot apartment and, and I, we can't really like go anywhere here. And so like, I can hear Ty at all times. So like, we are like very close now. Um, So (laughs) silence like doesn't work because you're like on each other um, for sure. And he's like teaching all the time. And I'm like, oh my God, I don't care about software development. So silence doesn't work. But smell has really worked and lighting spaces has been really sacred for me. So it's like, okay, this space is changing a little bit now when I add maybe smell or when I light a candle and that became really important for me because I was like, am I failing because I'm not being silent like you're supposed to do when everyone writes about? Um, And that has kind of maybe what it's looked like really practically for me now where I had to backtrack, reorient, and then make it work. Um, with how I wanted God to show up, um, if that's helpful for others who are maybe experiencing various versions of that right
1: now. (laughs) One of the things I think we end up talking a lot about in spiritual formation is trying to step aside from dualistic thinking, right? And I think that both Celia and Anne have touched on this, this notion that um, this is the way you do being a Christian, or this is the way you're supposed to live your life. This is the way that you're supposed to interact with God. Um, And I think it's kind of stepping aside from that um, and seeing God in your everyday life. Um, One of my favorite scriptures that has been speaking to me on this topic is Isaiah 30, 21, that says, um, whether you turn to your right or to your left your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. So in a lot of ways, there's not a right, it's stepping aside from the idea that there's a right and a wrong way to do this, right? Because we really, what spiritual formation is about, is about unveiling our hearts and our minds to be aware of the presence of God in our life. Um, so for me, like kind of relating along the lines of where I was in, in, in college, you heard a lot of the question is, How is your Bible study going? or, um, which are great questions, or how's your Bible reading? But that's what I was attributing to my development of my faith and my relationship with God, right? And then gradually it changed to maybe, What am I, what do I feel like I'm learning about God? which was a really helpful shift for me. Um, but even at that, that question in and of itself for me, where I'm at now puts a lot of pressure on making sure that I'm learning something from God when maybe there's a season in my faith that I'm learning to just simply be with God. So I think the question for me now that I find myself asking is where am I seeing God right now? God at work, you know, Um, how is God showing up right now? Uh, Because God is constantly showing up. It's about our willingness to see. So. Some of the disciplines, one of them I did yesterday was cleaning out my basement. (laughs) So as I excavated my basement, I was going through and looking at memories and I was becoming aware and attuned to how God has been faithful in my life. So that was kind of a theme that was coming up yesterday as I was cleaning my basement. Um, And that was really helpful for me. It was kind of that reminder that God is with me and that God has always been with me. so that was funny. It's funny to say that cleaning your basement could be a spiritual discipline, but it can be. Um, one of the more interesting ones that I have done, especially in this pandemic, um, has been journaling because I think there's a propensity for numbness right now in this season. And so by journaling, I had to engage something going on underneath the like, Functional what am I doing each day, Um, and I think that's where we kind of get into that functional theism a little bit that. um, Not connecting with how God is is present with us and so journaling has been a really helpful thing Um, and then the second thing was uh, I get together with two friends and plan my week like. Where we articulate where we get to gather and share what we're excited about what we're looking for in the next week and that has been a practice of vulnerability for me and trusting god in my community to speak also to me so that has been an interesting one um, contemplative prayer has been a big one i know we kind of talk about it in church a lot but there's so much pressure on known understanding of who god is And what I think contemplative prayer does is it steps back and say, God, and it says, God, you are mysterious. And there's so much about you that I do not understand, but I'm going to rest in your love. I'm going to rest in your providence and I'm going to rest in who you are, even though I don't know everything and I don't have to know everything. And so contemplative prayer, essentially what it has been, has been, it's kind of the opposite of where you are Anne. in some ways it's letting myself be still and quiet and trusting that there's nothing I can do, produce, respond to, except for just to be in the presence of who God is. Um, And oftentimes in those moments, I don't necessarily feel the effects of contemplative prayer. It's more so just that continual coming to, I'm not responsible for God. Like I am only responding to his mystery. Um, And then Something I've been learning a lot lately has been the idea of going outside, being with my children, making good food, making good drinks. Um, essentially, like, I feel challenged to be delighted in who God is in my life, or to find delight in the world and to play. Uh, ever since I quit my job at Malone, um, I was like, I need to play, I need to play. But I realized I was saying it in such a harsh, like, "Cat, you need to play, you need to play that it wasn't actually playful or delighting. And so I feel like this year has been a working out the kinks a little bit so that I can actually delight, that I can actually be open and in awe of things. So those are some of my nuggets that I've got.
2: Anything else you wanna add to that, Anne? Yeah, I like it. I, I yeah, and I hope it's helpful for those like listening too. I'm glad we're kind of in different places of, of what's working for us because if not, then it'll just sound like we're gatekeeping whatever in the back of your mind you're thinking you'd like to see God show up as, and you're like, oh, it's not that thing that Katney just said. Um, so I'm glad for for me if it's helpful too maybe this is like really obvious because i'm going to school for this but um i think silence and solitude were really really helpful when i was a resident director and i was like please god (laughs) i need silence and solitude (laughs) help me um and then i came out here and i didn't know a lot of people and then a pandemic happened and i really struggled with my anxiety and depression for several months And in my head, I was so convinced, you know, that the whole dark night of the soul a little bit, you know what, I'm going to use this to be closer to God, because that was like the Christian voice in my head telling me I needed to do that. And so I would just sit and I would contemplate and I would be quiet. And I realized it was actually really triggering to my anxiety and depression to sit in a dark space quietly. (laughs) was not going to work for me. <laughs> and the funny thing is, I think God was like, maybe not laughing because I'm sure the God was like, we should get you out of here. Um, but a little bit like, come on, come on. I'm not in this dark space. Um, and so my practices had to change and it took me a while to say, God is, in, is expanding in so many different places, God is showing up and I believe that. So that means where where I can go wherever I want. And for me, it's really helpful to say like with commitment to this thing, like I'm going to show up, that's my practice and it can be anything. So right now, like I said, smell is really important to me in my tiny apartment, So I have a little bit like a smelly candle, a little incense, and then I just do like basically kind of like a a mantra prayer and I pray over and over like while I say, while I smell something and I just sit there for a second and then I like go on for my day and that's really helpful. And other ones involve uh, some dance breaks that have been really helpful for me while I'm staring at a screen for several hours reading. Um, yeah. So whatever it is, like take using Sarah's language, the fetters, take them off. God's tired of those. Think really creatively. Yes. And, and check in maybe with your, your head and your body while you're doing your practices. Don't go too far. (laughs) Thanks, Anne. Thanks, Cam.
0: Um, this is, uh, hopefully uh, a conversation that is ongoing a couple of thoughts about how I've seen us collectively engage spiritual formation. If I, if I think about spiritual formation, it is this growing realization that God is with us, um, that it's not something we create it. it, God, God is with us. (laughs) So it's a, it's a growing awareness of that. So even the simple things like our God at work time during our service here, that was a shift uh, some years ago. We used to call it, I think, praise and prayer. It was something that was, you know, sharing and praying. Maybe it was rhyming, whatever it was. But <laughs> um, it was it was the shift to God at work, and it, and that was a helpful thing for me of real, oh, that's right. This is what we're talking about. All the ways that we have seen or, or long to see God at work. And then one other layer of this that our congregation is really helpful to me in is that that line in our church covenant the that says at the end there, whatever our starting place that always encourages me, because in some ways I feel like every day I'm starting something, my starting place is wherever I am now. So hopefully this conversation helps, um, give you some, some thoughts, or some ideas, or maybe some conversation starters of your own to call each other up and go, well, what are you doing about this? And is there something you want to play with or try or practice? Um, so, Thank you, thank you for listening. Thank you, uh, Ann for coming in from Washington and Kat from coming across Cleveland Avenue. I'll hand it over to Sean. He's got some things to talk about that he and Worship Commission are up to.
3: Yeah, thank you. Wow, that was, you know, you uh, have an idea and you dream it up and you hope that it like is what you envisioned and that like went way beyond it. So thank you so much, um, that was, Really, really rich. Um, it was also uh, um, intentional with the timing um, because, what is it, next next Wednesday is Ash Wednesday, which is the beginning of the season of Lent, um, which in the, the Christian tradition is often a, a season where we become a bit more intentional with some practices. Um, as we think about heading towards Holy Week, towards Good Friday, towards, um, Uh, resurrection Sunday with Easter. And so, um, yeah, we wanted to have a conversation talking about, um, spiritual formation, spiritual disciplines, spiritual practices, spiritual rhythms. Uh, I'm with you on that language has been important for me. Uh, I, I tend to go with practice, um, for what that's worth. So, um, I I've also come to this like growing awareness that, um, the church often says things like read your Bible and pray. Um, But we, we don't often do a good job of explaining like what that means or how to do that, or particularly a year in a pandemic where like you're probably exhausted of trying to come up with prayers or how to read the Bible on your own. Right. And so um, we've put together some practices that we want to make available um, throughout length. Um, One of those is uh, from our denomination Um, and I'm going to share my screen here and we're just going to do a quick overview of this, Um, but it's called um, uh, Lent at Home. And um, this is just an incredible resource that has all sorts of different options and you can like do it all you can pick and choose what you want you can you can choose to ignore it if you want that's totally fine. But um, there's some really great options here of ways of being intentional with this time and and showing up to what maybe God would want to do in our lives. So we'll just look at the table of contents here. There's a brief overview of what is Lent. There's a pretty extensive um, Ash Wednesday at home. Some really like some like embodied practices. So it's like touching things and like getting out of your head. Um, That can be a really uh, meaningful experience. Um, the basis of this is this Lenten weekly ritual, which involves um, a one night a week, uh, lighting candles, uh, reading a passage of scripture, and reciting a prayer. Um, and then you'll see that there's a Holy Week at home, and there's some like really extensive options uh, throughout that week of Holy Week heading into Monday, Thursday, Good Friday, and Easter Sunday. Um, so I'll send that out this week. Um, and again, Don't let this overwhelm you. Like, this is totally an option for you. We just want to have uh, um, some practices, disciplines, rhythms available for you. Um, Another one that we're going to be offering as a a church is um, reading through the uh, Gospels through Lent. Um, So again, as we're making this this shift towards heading into Holy Week and uh, Good Friday and Easter Sunday, um, we want to spend some time thinking about the life of Jesus. And so um, we've broken down the gospels into daily readings Monday through Friday. Um, so it it equates to something like three chapters a day. Um, and we'll be, I'll send out an email with that list. We'll also be sharing it on social media, um, um, so that you can access that again. We're throwing a lot at you, um, by no means, like, are we suggesting or even like telling you to do all of this again? Like it just comes out of this conviction. Like if we, we want to encourage people to interact with scripture, if we want to encourage people to pray, we should offer some suggestions of, of ways of doing that practically. So um, we'll be sending that out. And again, if you have any questions on that, um, please let me know um, and um, we can we can talk through that. So thanks again, Celia, Ann, and Kat. Uh, really appreciate it.